0: Good morning, There we go, I hope everyone's doing great, I'm so excited that I get to share with you one of the things God's been teaching me a lot on lately, I'm just really excited about this morning, I think we're all going to learn something today, uh, today we actually kick off our summer series called DIY, now DIY stands for do it yourself, all right? DIY is kind of the motto that a lot of us men love to live by. And it's that little phrase that our wives hate to hear us say. DIY. You see, us men, we think we can do anything. Like, sure, I can fix that. DIY, right? That's how we kind of love to think. Leaky faucet, DIY. Broken ceiling fan, DIY. That one's not too tough. Busted transmission, DIY, I'll figure it out. I'll YouTube it, (laughs) right? (laughs) We can do anything. We have the internet nowadays. It looks so easy. They like speed it up to where it takes like four minutes. Like, Man, I can fix my transmission in four minutes. It's awesome. It's even like all the kids need a haircut. I'll do it. (laughs) You see, I had to put that one in there because then we all laugh. Dead serious in middle school, one of my friend's dad convinced my parents that he could give me a great haircut and save my family some money. I was in middle school, I probably could have protested a little bit more, but my parents were like, great, they gave me a haircut. The $16 that my parents saved did not save the two months of heartache to where it looked like a two-year-old cut my hair blindfolded with their hands tied behind their back. You see, there's some things we do need to DIY, some things we don't need to DIY. A lot of the women in the room know the term DIY because of Pinterest. How many of you have Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest is like a cuss word in my house. (laughs) Wash your mouth out with soap if you say that P word one more time. Don't say say Pinterest. Don't say it. And half of the shows you actually watch on HGTV are all about DIY. And there's even a TV channel called the DIY Network. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Kind of scary. DIY Network. I was actually looking up the DIY Network on uh, their website, and they have a series called I Pity the Tool. I pity tool. I mean, I was like, I got, I gotta look at this real quick. Here's the description of the show: Weekend Warriors get the ultimate surprise when Mr. T shows up at their house armed with a sledgehammer and a team of design experts. Together, they will demolish and then build an amazing space for the awestruck homeowner in just three days. Mr. T, how old is Mr. T now? Wow, but Mr. T showed my door, I'd be excited. I'd be like, hey man, can I get a picture? But you are, your sledgehammer is not touching my house. All right? I don't know if he knows anything about fixing houses. Mr. T actually had some rules for his I pity the tool. All right? Here's a couple rules he listed for his show. If you don't like the condition, start the demolition. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> don't be dumb and hit your thumb. <laughs> a wise word of advice if you're using a hammer. All right? My personal favorite. Measure twice, cut once, is for wimps, just do it. (laughs) Main reason right there, he will not touch my house if he comes, because I've experienced the whole, hey, I can get this close, I'll measure once and cut once. If you've ever done a DIY project, you know that is actually really bad advice. Measure twice, measure three times, it's worth it, I promise you. Vanilla Ice even has a show on that network, (laughs) really? just have to watch it to see what it's about. If it's not good, I'm not promoting it, so y'all just know. Uh, But most of us have probably done a few DIY projects ourselves. And I hope you succeeded, but I fear a lot of them ended up looking like a couple of these pictures. So here's here's a couple pictures I want us to look at. (laughs) Really? Really? How do you even get any privacy in that bathroom? Come on. I mean I don't even know what to say about about that one. That's just I was trying to give us a little more space in the bathroom. I don't know. Let's look at the next one. <laughs> I love the label, ceiling fan. Let me narrate this one a little bit. I can just imagine the wife says, "Hey honey, you know our ceiling fan's broken. Can you can you put a new one up? We really need one that's getting hot house. Sure, I'll do it myself." Goes to Home Depot thinks he's wired it well, thinks, thinks he's anchored it well, flips it on high like all of us men do. It's going at like Mach 3 speed, falls down, hits the, hits the dog. So then he duct tapes this thing up. Wife gets home. He's like, I'm really organized. I labeled it. Ceiling fan, just so you know. I mean, come on. Let's look at the next one. <laughs> this is Pinterest for you right here. For the men in the room that don't know it, Pinterest is a pretty cool website, I'll be honest. Gives you some ideas on things like cakes and crafts, things like that. Saw hedgehog cake on Pinterest. Nailed it! Are those dentures in that cake? That is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Wow! Let's look at the next one. <laughs> <laughs> You see, this is something that the wife asks the husband, hey, can you go fix the windshield wiper? Sure. Walks in like three minutes later. like, I'm done. She, it's on a BMW of all things. Come on. <laughs> all right, next one. This is my favorite one. <laughs> this is awesome. This is awesome. Can you imagine the police officer pulls them over? Sir, you have a busted tail like, no, I don't. <laughs> uh huh. No, no, you really do. Huh? Have you seen how bright those babies are? I just put new batteries in them. not a good idea right here. (laughs) You see, we've all probably had some projects where we've succeeded, probably some projects where we look back on it and failed. I I remember uh, last year, we were actually watching a TV show, and uh, we saw where someone had put up board and batten in their dining room. I was like, that's a really cool idea. And so we looked up this one website that made it look so stinking easy, right? I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. And so I call up my dad, I'm like, hey dad, I'm going to be putting board and batten in our dining room tomorrow, you want to come help? He's like, sure. I said, dad, it's going to take us four hours, tops. Four hours, tops, right? Two days later, when my dad and I are wrapping up this job, isn't that how normally our DIY projects go? I'm walking around admiring the beautiful craftsmanship, I'm like, man, this must be a spiritual gift I have. Really? No, I mean, all the boards are like this, I mean, it's crazy. Walking around looking at am like that looks pretty good. All of a sudden I step in one spot in our carpet and I'm like, I didn't know that was part of the project. Why is our carpet soaking wet? Huh? Of course, me and my dad are that good that we hit a pipe in our wall and had water coming down the sheetrock into our carpet. Ended up having to rip out like half of it, fix a little bit of the sheetrock, try to clean the carpet. You see, this is how DIY projects go some. I mean, they, it's successful but then a lot of them end up kind of scary all right but these are all funny stories and I'm sure we all have some good pictures to show um, but it's important that we understand that we do need to do some things ourselves and when it comes to our spiritual life we God or God is calling us he's called us to take ownership in certain things and he wants us to take action You see, that's important. God is calling us to take ownership in certain things, and He wants us to take action. Philippians 2.12, it says the Bible calls us to work out our salvation. I mean, God wants us to work out our salvation, to take ownership in certain things. And today we're actually going to start by looking at one of the most important things we need to do when it comes to our DIY spiritual life. Today we're going to decide for ourselves... To overcome the obstacles that are keeping us from Jesus or a closer relationship with Him. You see, overcoming obstacles is very, very important. We all face obstacles, every single one of us. You know, we can even understand this with our DIY projects we do around the house or around work, whatever it may be. We first have to overcome the obstacles by removing whatever's broken, messed up, whatever's old, to achieve our goal. You know, we hopefully wouldn't leave our obstacle there... And just build around it. And we wouldn't just hope to succeed, but then give up when potential obstacles come our way. If we leave the obstacle, it might end up looking a lot like this last picture. I didn't think this was real. I read an article. This is a real picture. This is in China. They asked this apartment building, they said, hey, you need to move out, we're building a road. There was one family that was stubborn. They're like, uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. No, that's uh. That's really like, fine. We'll build a house around your or we'll build a road around your house. I mean, come on. But you see, a lot of us, we, we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get rid of my obstacle. I don't know if I want to overcome it. And we really don't know how to deal with our obstacles. Well, this morning, we're going to be looking at a story in the Bible that I pray challenges us and changes our view of obstacles in our life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. God, this morning, Lord, I pray you do challenge us and change us, God. Lord, I believe we all face obstacles, whether we think they're small or whether we think they're big in our relationship with you. And God, I truly believe your word has something powerful to teach every single one of us this morning. And so, God, I pray, Lord, people hear from you this morning. I don't want them to hear my words. I want them to hear your words. So God, come and move in power. We welcome you in this place this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's open up to Mark chapter 16. If you don't, it's okay. We will have the verses on the screen. We're looking at Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. So read along with me. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended... Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. I know what some of you are thinking. like, hey, Caleb, today isn't Easter. This is what we talk about on Easter, right? Yes, it is. But I think we can celebrate every day like Easter. Every day is Easter because Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. And we get to celebrate that. But I actually want us to look at this story in a little bit of a different way. Uh, You see, God actually caught my attention with some of these verses. I'm always so excited to get to the part of the empty tomb. You know, I just kind of fly through the verses to get to that part. But God slowed me down and showed me something that I think is really... It challenged me, and I think it's going to challenge all of us when it comes to our understanding of obstacles that we allow to get in our relationship with him. So let me give you a quick little background to these verses. Right before these verses, Jesus is crucified. He's nailed to a cross. When he dies, it says there's a man named Joseph, not Jesus' earthly father Joseph, a different Joseph. Must have been a popular name back in the day. And he says, ask Pilate. says, Pilate, can I take Jesus' body and... Place him in my tomb. Pilate says, sure. So, so he takes Jesus, puts him in a tomb that, tomb that was carved out of rock, and then they roll a massive stone in front of it that a lot of scholars say weighed about the size of a car. And when they rolled it in front, the way they were able to roll it in front is the stone was actually on a decline. So the stone would start here, and it was very easy for them to put it in front of the entrance because all they had to do is barely move it, and it would roll down this little decline, this little hill that would then land it Right in the entrance of the tomb. But you see what happened is the leading priests of the day remembered that Jesus said he was going to rise again from the dead. And so they went to Pilate and said, hey, we're afraid that the disciples are going to go and steal Jesus' body. And then claim that he rose again from the dead. So will you put a royal seal on the, on the entrance, the stone of the tomb, so that no one can break it? And we actually placed some guards there. So Pilate agreed to that. And that's what happened. So you have this massive massive stone right in front of the tomb that weighs about the size of a car that's now, you have to push it back up the hill, very, very difficult, take a lot of people. It's now sealed with a royal seal and has guards in front of it. So now let's reread a couple of these verses. Let's look back, Mark 16, verses 1 through 3. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On their way, they were asking each other, "Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb?" You see, this is where I stopped. This had never caught me before. This got me thinking. What in the world were these ladies doing? What were they doing? It says in the Bible that these same ladies were there to watch Jesus be buried. They saw this massive stone rolled in front of the entrance. Don't you think it would have crossed their mind before they got all their spices together, before they started going to the tomb? Don't you think it would have crossed their mind? oh yeah, remember the stone? And you know what? The talk of the town is, man, they sealed that stone with a royal seal and put guards in front of it. Guess we shouldn't go. At least that's how I would think. I mean, that's how my mind, I think, would process it. I was just there. We're not going to be able to get in. Might as well not go. That's honestly, I think, how I would have thought. But these women got everything together and started going to the tomb, and then it hit them. The stone. This story has taught me so much about dealing with obstacles in my life. You see, the massive stone was all of a sudden an obvious obstacle. But the way they responded to their obstacle is going to hopefully Teach us a lot today. The first thing we learn from the story is this we need to prepare before the obstacle. Prepare before the obstacle. These women in this story were so focused on preparing for Jesus that they didn't even think about the obstacle. I already told you, I mean, my thought process would instantly go, man, the stone's there. We might as well not go. But that's not how these women were thinking. They were so focused on Jesus and wanted to prepare their best for him. Think about it. Isn't it hard to prepare for anything in our life if we only focus on potential problems and obstacles? I mean, put that in a work setting. Put that in a family setting, in a school setting. It can be hard to prepare for anything. When our focus is only on the obstacles. When we prepare with our mind focused on the goal instead of the potential obstacles, we'll be setting ourselves up for success. Let me say it this way when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. A willingness to prepare places priority on a relationship with Jesus over our obstacles. If you're taking notes, write that down. A willingness to prepare places priority on our relationship with Jesus over our obstacles, which is very, very important. In our relationship with Christ, we need to prepare because we're all going to face obstacles. Every single one of us. I face obstacles every day. I've been dealing with obstacles in my life as I've been preparing this. What if What if we prepared by spending time with Jesus, by reading the Bible, by praying, before we woke up our kids every morning? What if we spent time with Jesus and prayed before we went to work? Before you went to school? Before you hung out with a friend that you know does not know Jesus? What if we prepared that way? These women prepared. They got these expensive spices that cost them probably so much money. They were on their way and then it hit them. The obstacle. What if we prepared before we faced our obstacles? This made me think of a story. In college, I had a friend. He's an atheist. And we hung out all the time. And I always wanted to share Jesus with him. I always did. And we'd get together and we'd be hanging out. And I could just feel, man, I needed to share Jesus with him. But then all of a sudden, all these obstacles would hit my mind. What if it ruins our friendship? What if he gets mad at me? What if he makes fun of me? And all these obstacles would start flooding in to where I wouldn't even say a thing. And I was, as I was studying, I, was, I thought through, I was like, I can never think of a time that I prepared, intentionally prepared, before I hung out with him. I can never think of a time where I said, Lord Jesus, give me the right words to say. Show me something I can share with him in your word. Jesus, soften his heart. Give me the right timing. You see, if we don't prepare, then obstacles will flood our minds and we probably won't even do a thing. We're all going to face obstacles we need to prepare. Let's be honest. A lot of us don't even start preparing because we talk ourselves out of it due to potential obstacles. In our relationship with Christ, a lot of us don't even start because of potential obstacles we may face. A willingness to prepare places priority on our relationship with Jesus over our obstacles. Here's the next thing we learn from the story about obstacles. Press on through the obstacle. You see, the women in this story didn't ignore the obstacle. They didn't. They prepared, and then it hit them. And guess what? They kept moving towards their goal. They kept moving towards Jesus. Even when they knew they were about to face an obstacle, they did not stop pursuing christ they didn't say man we forgot about the stone guess we better turn around go back home no what they say they said who will roll the stone away from the entrance i love this this part actually taught me so much listen to this they wanted to find a solution for their obstacle and not let the obstacle be an excuse. Did you catch that? We have to be willing to find a solution for our obstacle instead of letting it become an excuse. No one would have blamed these women. If they came back in, they're like, why are you back so early? We forgot about the stone. We weren't going to be able to get in. It's sealed with a royal seal, and there's guards there. No one would have said, oh, I can't believe that. They'd be like, oh, that makes sense, right? But these women, they said, no, no, we're going to keep going. Who's going to roll the stone away? We'll make this happen. We're going to find a solution instead of letting our obstacle become an excuse. I can make excuses a lot. I'll be honest. I can make excuses a lot. And I've been challenged to find a solution and not let my obstacles become an excuse. Obstacles will always come up that try to distract us from our relationship with Christ. I know it's hard. It's not easy. It's not. DIY projects around our house aren't easy, let alone our spiritual life. I know it's not easy. But obstacles do not have to conquer us, we can conquer them. Listen to this. I believe this is a powerful statement. Focusing on your obstacles will paralyze you. Focusing on Jesus will empower you. Focusing on your obstacles will paralyze you. Focusing on Jesus will empower you. That is exactly what these women did. They were so focused on Jesus, they weren't going to be paralyzed by their obstacles. When we focus on Jesus... We can press through our obstacles. You see, the enemy tries to trick us into thinking that our obstacles are actually barriers. That there are these barriers that we just can't get through. But obstacles are not barriers. We can overcome our obstacles. We can't believe that lie from the devil. No obstacle is too big for our God. You see... Some of us actually need to quit calculating the size of our obstacle and remember how big our God is. The leading priests thought they won. They calculated everything. They're like, we got a big stone in front of the tomb. We put the royal seal around it that no one is supposed to break. And guess what? Let's calculate a little bit more. Let's put some guards in front of the entrance. What they didn't calculate is how big our God is. Our God can help you overcome every obstacle you are facing. You have to just be willing to address it. You have to be willing to prepare and press on. We have to quit calculating the size of our obstacle and letting it paralyze us and focus on Jesus because He will empower us. Paul he wrote a lot of the stuff we read in the New Testament of the Bible. And he's a guy who faced a lot of obstacles in his relationship with Christ. He's pretty jacked up dude. I love how God put a lot of these people in the Bible. Even the disciples had a lot of problems. It helps me relate to them because I have a lot of problems. And in Philippians 3, 12-14, Paul writes this. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I love how Paul uses this example of a race here. Whether you've ever been in a race or not, I think we all can understand a race is about overcoming our obstacles. Whether it's pain, it all depends on what kind of race it is. There's even a lot of obstacles in races, physical obstacles. Lauren and I were driving through Atlanta this week, and they already have the signs up for the Peachtree Road Race, and I do not like running. We've got a lot of runners in our church, God bless you. I think it's like a spiritual gift or something that I just don't have. But like we were driving up a hill, and I was thinking to myself, "Nope." We then come to another hill, be like "Nope." You see, we, a race is all about overcoming our obstacles. I actually decided to run cross country one year in high school. I thought it was going to get me in shape for basketball and football season. It was a terrible idea. I mean, just awful. But I ran the whole season, and I remember our coach telling me this. And we, we've all probably heard of this. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. He would tell us, when you can see the finish line, don't take your eyes off of it. When you can f- see the finish line, focus on it. Because what I later found out is he was teaching us. He knew that when we saw that finish line, guess what? We actually started to run a little faster. We could see our goal. We got a little boost. We got encouraged. And when we focus on the prize, we will do anything to get it. Stay focused on Jesus. So when we prepare like there's not going to be an obstacle, and when we press on in the face of obstacles, I love this, we will find the prize after the obstacle. Please don't miss this today. I want us all to hear this. If the obstacle of the stone would have stopped these ladies in the story, they would have not experienced the miracle. If the obstacle would have stopped them, they would not have experienced the miracle. They got to be the first people who saw the empty tomb. They got to go tell the disciples gives me chill bumps actually thinking about it. They got to see Jesus fulfill his promise. You see, after they asked the question of who will move the stone, who's going to move our obstacle? They didn't stop. They didn't turn around and go home. I'm afraid that too many of us stop at our obstacle instead of pushing towards our goal. Don't you dare stop at your obstacle because guess what? A miracle may be waiting. Don't you dare stop at your obstacle because a miracle may be waiting. You see, once we experience the miracle of Jesus, the rock of our obstacle will not be remembered as a stumbling block, but as a reminder of God's strength. If we stop at our obstacle... We will always remember it as something that has defeated us. When we overcome our obstacle, for the rest of our life, we get to remember it as a way where God showed his strength and his power in our life. I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back and go, man, I quit at a lot of obstacles. That obstacle defeated me. I want to get to the end of my life and look back and say, look at all these things God did in my life. Look at all these obstacles I overcame through the power of Christ. I want this for all of us. We all face obstacles in our life. When we prepare, when we press on, there is a prize. Today, you can celebrate getting past your obstacles. Our prize of Jesus... Is worth facing every obstacle. I promise you, the prize of Jesus is worth it. When the prize is important enough, we won't ever let any obstacle stop us. We won't. Is Jesus important enough to you? Don't let your obstacles stop you because you never know what miracle may be waiting. Please. Don't let your obstacles stop you. So what is the obstacle you need to address today? Before we go any further in our DIY series, today is the day that we need to overcome our obstacles. You see, DIY, do-it-yourself, comes into play when making the decision to face the obstacle. You see, I can't make the decision for you. God's not going to make the decision for you. The first step is yours, and then God will follow through. Listen to this. When you decide to do it yourself, God will make sure you don't have to finish it yourself. We don't have to finish it ourselves. Are you going to decide... To overcome your obstacles. I know you may feel like your obstacle is this massive boulder that you can't move. Maybe you've been facing this obstacle for years and years of your life. It's haunted your family. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a small obstacle, still an obstacle. Guess what? Your decision is to address it and then let God help you. The rock in front of the tomb was a huge obstacle. The ladies didn't have to move it. They physically actually couldn't move it. It was going to be impossible. But they didn't let it stop them. A miracle may be waiting. Some of you are letting an obstacle stand in your way of a miracle. Let today be the day you get past it. You overcome it. You can do it. So what is your obstacle? Is it sin? Is it a past mistake? You see, this hit me that some of us, our past mistakes, instead of being something in the past, are actually obstacles of our future. We let them be obstacles of our future, even though they're in our past. Maybe today it's time to overcome past mistakes. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's obedience or tithing. Maybe it's a lack of faith. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's something in your marriage. Maybe it's selfishness. The list honestly could go on and on for obstacles that we all face. Whatever it may be, it's time. You can overcome it. Today we can have victory in Christ with the obstacles that we face. Hebrews 12 one through three, says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight, every obstacle that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us We do this by keeping our eyes on our goal, on our prize, on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the obstacle of the cross, disregarding its shame. Now He is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the obstacles, all the hostility He endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary And give up when you face obstacles. That's great news, y'all. I know you might be weary in your battle with your obstacle. But don't, don't give up. Don't give up. You never know what miracle may be waiting. You see, Jesus, this verse tells us, face obstacles just like me and you but he never ever gave up. Because guess what? He focused on his prize. You. He focused on you. And it says because of that, we don't have to become weary and give up. I want us to put this on the screen. And I want us to say this together. Together. And I want us to mean it. This isn't to say that obstacles will never will never face obstacles again in our life. This is to say, this is what we're going to strive for. This is our goal. So will you say this with me? Let's all say this together. Here we go. I will not allow any obstacle to stand between me and Jesus. Let's read it one more time. I will not allow any obstacle to stand between me and Jesus. Let that be what we strive for. You see, there might be some of you in here today that you're actually hearing this story and you're realizing that there's a really big obstacle stand between you and Jesus and the fact that you don't know him. That you heard today that he died on a cross for you. That this tomb we've been talking about, that he didn't stay dead in there. That his love actually conquered death and sin and he rose again from the grave. And he did all of that because he saw us in our sin. And he knew that we needed him. So he came to this earth and he took on our sin. He took the punishment that we deserve death. We deserve death. We we deserve eternity and hell separated from him. But Jesus did not want that. That's what that verse just told us. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross for you. For you. And today the obstacle some of you might need to overcome... Is accepting Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. Asking Him to forgive you of your sins. Let today be the day that you overcome that obstacle. It'll be the greatest decision you will ever make. Will you pray with me? Jesus, God, I thank you today, Lord, that all the things you have taught us about overcoming obstacles, God, this life isn't easy. It's not. But we do not have to let our obstacles conquer us. We can overcome them in your power. God, help us to prepare. Help us to press on, God. Because, Lord, there is a prize in you. God, there is a miracle waiting in you. And, God, I can't help but believe there's some people in here who are, they they need a miracle today. Lord, they've never asked you to be the Lord and Savior of their life. They've never ask you to forgive them of their sins. If that's you, all you got to do is pray this from your heart to God. Just pray it and mean it. Something like this, just say, Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for seeing me in my sin and still loving me. I know I've made mistakes and I've messed up. But thank you for coming to this earth and dying on a cross for me so I don't have to live separated from you. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. If you just pray that prayer, it is the greatest decision you will ever make. You just overcame an incredible obstacle. You are a child of the king. You are a child of Jesus. What I want us to do today, for, for all of us in the room, I really want to challenge all of us, because God just challenged me so much with this, because I want to give us a chance for all of us to respond, every single one of us in the room, because I believe we all deal with obstacles, whether we think they're big or they're small. What I want us to do is, in just a minute, we are going to worship together. And all across the stage, we have these rocks laid out. And we have some sharpies on on the stage as well. And as we worship, hopefully, throughout what God's been teaching you today, you've been challenged about a certain obstacle in your life. Like I told you, I was challenged all week for some obstacles I had to address, and I'm overcoming Today, let it be your day that you overcome, that you press on because a miracle may be waiting. So as we worship, I want to challenge all of us to come forward, to grab a rock, grab a Sharpie, and just write on there what your obstacle is, and then leave it. Overcome it. If you want to stay down here and pray, if you want to come with your spouse, maybe something in your marriage, maybe something with your kids, whatever it is, let today be the day you overcome. You can do this. Your obstacle does not have to paralyze you because you are empowered in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to read this last verse for you and then we'll begin to worship. Because it's time today that we live in the power of Jesus and His Word and that we overcome our obstacles. Romans 8 says this, and I'm going to add the word obstacle in here a few times to help us understand. Can any obstacle ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us when we face obstacles, have trouble, or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loves us. I am convinced that no obstacle can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, no obstacle in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God who is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So will you stand with me today? Let today be the day we overcome our obstacles. Let it be today because a miracle may be waiting for you. Let's worship together. Let's sing. Let's praise God. And let's make decisions for Him today.